Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to the Body Protest Podcast, a new intersectional body image podcast that takes a deep dive into our often complicated, occasionally treacherous relationships with our bodies. We want to figure out how we can all feel more at home in our bodies and what it will take to create a world that fosters positive body image. I'm Honey Ross. And I'm Nadia Craddock. In each episode, we'll be combining storytelling with science to discuss body image, so how we feel about how we look in relation to our weight, shape, race, skin colour, physical ability, sexuality, mental health, and whatever else comes up. This podcast is brought to you by The Pink Protest. So today we are speaking to Natalie Lee and Kelly Ford, aka Style Me Sunday and Book of Mum, about navigating a relationship with our bodies postpartum and raising body-confident kids. Yeah, I think this episode is so important and I think it feels really kind of poignant at this point in time for Mm. me lots of my friends are starting to have kids now Mm. and they're like asking me about stuff and I'm like um and like asking me about the research and stuff and it's like there's not much research looking at people who are like older than like teenagers like honestly like the focus on like body image intervention stuff is on like kids and like it's all like it's like kids and teenagers and it was interesting I was like I was talking the other day and we we were talking about how when we're making interventions for kids we need to make them really fun and really innovative yeah and then um I was like, where where are the fun, innovative interventions for like forty year olds, fifty year olds? Well, like, also, like anyone who's like not like. I think with fostering people. positive body image in kids, it should be from the top down, and it's like I think in terms of parenting, if you don't feel good about yourself, then it's hard to pass that on to your child. Do you know what I mean? It's like you need to, you want your kid to feel good about themselves, so you have to kind of lead by example, which we do talk about a bit in the episode. Yeah, completely. And I think, like, neither of us have children yet, hopefully one day, but I think, yeah. like... So I mean, soon. No, Tomorrow. No, 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 I'm like, I'm so ready. I'm so brooding. Um, but I think it's, like, a huge point of anxiety for people, isn't it? Like, they're, they're like, so they've had their own shit, they've had their own body image concerns, yeah. and they're so worried about, like, passing them on to their kids, and they're, like, also, like, very aware of, like what they're being fed that they all have like kids all have mobile phones and it's like how do I like how do I protect my child from that it's scary because the world is terrifying right now and it's like and also you know I think we do talk about this a bit later but we've come so far in terms of talking about body image and you know body positivity there's so many positive movements but it's also like there's still a world of shit and so much to compare yourself to so much and I think sometimes we live in these bubbles we don't always see it right yeah oh totally I think it's very easy to, when we're having this kind of conversation about raising body positive kids, it's like not to kind of like blame the parents yeah, too much. Yeah, let's not like, shit on our I parents. I know, I know, because like obviously like everyone is always doing their best or... Well, and, you know, and like we've spoken about this before, but like I was put on Weight Watchers when I was 14. My parents are so lovely, so progressive, like very wholesome, but they saw their, you know air quotes overweight daughter absolutely miserable and they just wanted to help her and it's like look it was misguided because they didn't know better because that's what they'd been well well, she's sad about her weight rather than tackling it as a mental issue let's deal with it as an external thing and be like yeah get on that treadmill honey it's like no yeah but I think but like like, I get it and I think yeah it's how can we look at that with compassion and kindness and 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 then boundaries of like actually people are going to say stuff that we don't want to hear and that it's not useful for yeah. us to hear, and actually be like, thank you for your advice and your thoughts, and, and actually, <laughs> actually, no, I'm going to do my Thank you, thing. next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, every time someone's like, oh, do you want to try this new, like, transformational program? Like, I'm like, it's a hard no from me, no. but I wish <laughs> I you the best of luck on your journey. I know, exactly, and I think there's, I think, that, but I think we also need the language around that, and like, just totally. to, like, to, and to practice it, cause I think it's so easy to be like the minute someone is like, "Oh, do you want to like better yourself in some way?" And yeah. especially when it's like aesthetic, it's so easy to be like, oh, "Okay." Like, yeah, and also because if someone's committed to a diet, you don't want to be like. I always feel guilty, kind of being like feeling a bit smug and being like, "I know that this diet's bullshit." Like, as as I know that sounds mean, but like it's like, I wish you could find a place where you didn't need, if didn't feel the need to do this for whatever reason. But like, I'm yeah. also like, you have to see it through and like live your truth. 
Yeah, it's but hard. I just think it's like I always find it devastating when I hear people talk, and it's like it's like taking them like twenty five years of dieting yeah. and not dieting to then realize that actually like no, this is not the one for them. And it's like how do we not? How do we get rid of that twenty five? Yeah, how do we years? fast like, track yeah, that? Like, yeah. let's make it less than twenty five. I know because that's like what, I mean. What a waste! What, well, I feel like a, the work you're doing, you're working on the fun interventions for forty year olds soon. Well, well, I'm I'm currently not actually, but I no, think but we know one day, one day I think well, like you just want to do it. You just want to do your bit, don't you? Yeah, you just want to do your that's bit. what we're trying. Yeah, um, let's speak to Natalie and Kelly. Self-love is true love. Honour the most important relationship in your life, yourself. Our sponsor, Womanizer, believes that every person has the right to pleasure and self-love, regardless of age, sexuality, size and colour. A wonderful way to learn to appreciate your body is through self-pleasure. Masturbation is a truly joyful way to connect with your body and learn to feel comfortable in your skin. Everyone should feel able to feel comfortable in their body and explore their own sexual needs and desires. In this house, we see masturbation as the purest form of self-love. Unlike other vibrators, Womanizer products stimulate with soft pressure waves. It is stimulation without touch, meaning there is no chance of overstimulation or loss of sensitivity. Get yourself your very own Womanizer at womanizer.com UK so you can light a candle, run a bath and have a mind-blowing night of sexy self-care. So, hello. Um, would you two lovely ladies like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Natalie, aka Style Me Sunday. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. And I'm Kelly, uh, otherwise known on Instagram as Book of Mum. Um, we are so excited to have you here yeah. today on the Body Protest. Um, I mean, we obviously love the work you both do on the Everything Project. Um, it's incredible. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, do you want to talk a bit about that? The Everything Project um, came out of Natalie and I initially meeting um, with me getting my clothes off for Nat's <laughs> Warrior Woman Project for Dove, um, which was this fantastic event that Natalie curated. And we kind of hit it off and had a real rapport and we kind of wanted to do something together and we approached the idea of giving people a voice that don't have one. Mm. So uh, we've just finished series one, 12 episodes in the can, covering everything from male porn to uh, life with alopecia to mm. life's amputee to living with cancer. And we're very proud of our first series. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, I liked it. But where do we go next? We've got to decide. Well, and I mean, I guess everywhere. You yeah. can go wherever you like. Exactly. You've got that scope. That's awesome, and I love that you came together through like a project like that and through work. And I think that's mm. kind of I feel like that happens more and more. Like yeah. Hannah and I met through a, at a panel, and I feel like I meet all the best people now at like yeah. mm. work like, things. So I think there's something about like just connecting with people mm. who have like I don't know, and it's like, like minded, a, yeah. feminist yeah. line yeah. dating. It's very yeah, nice. no, but it's it's amazing. Like, this is how yeah. I'm in the market for more people in my life. I'm in the market for wholesome female friendship. <laughs> Exactly. So we want to talk about body image and motherhood and whatever what kind of comes through. But mm. I wondered if you would both mind talking about how you felt with about your body kind of growing up before we get to motherhood, maybe. I think, so actually I was thinking about this on the way over here. I grew up in the 80s and the 90s. Uh-huh. I was born in 1980. And I... <laughs> Diets were rife then. Mm-hmm. Like my mum was on every single kind of diet known to man. Um, the cabbage soup diet was a particularly unpleasant one. I mean, <laughs> you would smelly. smell that shit for days. Yeah. Oh, it was just dreadful. And um, I have particularly horrific memories of that. Um, also, diet pills were quite um, oh, in God. use then. So my mum was actually prescribed them from the doctor because they uh, and she was basically on amphetamines um, which is like speed right yeah like, yeah. yeah it's just yeah I mean, speed um, and obviously lost a lot of weight but was fucking nuts in the process but then just put it back on again like yeah, yeah. double and it was this constant seeing my mum yo-yo dieting mm. my whole childhood 
And you kind of think that that's just the way of life. Like you just you just think like um that's what we do. We diet. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you don't really eat normally. I didn't really understand. I really, really had to re-educate myself growing up because I didn't understand what foods were okay to eat. Uh You know, what I just... It was such a minefield. Like, my mum would never have had full-fat milk in the fridge. Now I only have full-fat milk in the fridge. There was, you know, it was like water-thin milk. That was the only... (laughs) Which was probably why I've never drunk milk in my life. I hate it. Um... (laughs) So yeah, there was just lots of lots of really sort of bad. Oh, I don't want to say I don't know because they didn't know it was bad at the time. It was just right. those messages of the diet culture was just it was huge, and it's really lovely now that we're seeing that how damaging the diet culture is, and we're mm. trying to reclaim that back and not make it such the powerful beast that it was when I was growing up. Yeah, that's definitely a pushback now. Mm. But I like, I wonder with all of that stuff with your mum. Did, so did you did you ever struggle with your body, or were you able to resist that kind of growing up? I don't know if struggle is the right word because right. I didn't have like I was you know fairly thin growing up. Like uh, didn't have any issues particularly, but when I think back to it, there was some sort of. There was things, like, I used to weigh myself all Mm. the time. I don't really know why. It's just something you did, because your mum did it. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, even kind of talking about what you said about that constant yo-yo dieting and weighing yourself, that was that feeling of, like, oh, this is what I'm just meant to be doing every day of, like, well, I'm meant to hate myself, Mm. and I'm meant to be working towards an unattainable body that I'll never achieve. And, I mean, I definitely felt that growing up of kind of, like, I don't actually really know why I'm doing this or what these numbers mean, but I am doing and this you're just doing it. Yeah. And it's really, you don't really analyse it, do you? It's really difficult to analyse because it's so ingrained yeah. that it's hard to get a bit of perspective on it. It's just yeah. life. It, but it, and it is so interesting because it's not, it doesn't even have to marry up with like body image concerns. Mm. I, I remember weighing myself as a child. Mm. Yeah. Just being like, and I'm also like an 80s baby, and it was just like, I, I don't know, I just, it was just something you did, and you're like, I don't, like, I don't even know what mm. I was looking for. I don't know. I don't know. I clearly remember being eight years old and getting on the scales and being eight stone. And actually, if you think about that, that is actually quite. That's quite shocking. I, Do you? I was pacified with food um, mm-hmm. a lot in our household. Like I remember, sort of Turkish delights being slung in the back and um, for me to eat. And I remember that was quite sort of forthright. Uh, young lady and I don't believe you yeah. <laughs> 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 really. and three kind of 10, 12, 14 years older than me so uh-huh, I kind of was almost in a single parent mm. sitch and uh, I Only remember child. yeah kind of turning away children's menus going I don't eat that crap I, um, I will have an adult portion and I remember kind of always being looked after after school and having a dinner with that family and then always telling my mummy I hadn't eaten so, I mean, I was always doubling up mm. on all my dinners. Mm. I had a, I mean, I, I think I just love food, but I think it was also a real way, it was a, it was a comfort, mm. most definitely. So, I eight stone at eight years old, I think is quite punchy, and that's the only time that I remember being on the scales as a, as a child, but I think, you know, it was only until I sort of went to school and... Mm. Someone started calling me Tonka or fat or mm. I started to be bullied because of my size that I kind of realised, oh, oh, I am fat. Mm. Mm. That, oh. And you start having these belief systems of actually what people are calling you. Mm. Well, I Whereas guess it's before also, it's recklessness and just food. It's also <laughs> the interpretation of like fat is bad. There's mm. no kind of room for it. Like this is just a descriptor. It's like mm. as a child, you're called fat, and you're like, oh, they're saying that as an insult. Therefore, it must be just. It can exclusively be a bad thing, which yeah. is so strange. As, as you get older, especially like this is something I'm learning is re-educating myself. Is fat isn't a bad word. I'm fat. I'm mm. very happy being fat. It is just a description of my body, and mm. I'm like, that's that's pretty chill. Mm. It's and it's like I kind of think it's um, a renegotiation of the language yeah. that we mm. kind of need to instill from a young age. So I, I was called Tonka, uh, Tonka truck. <laughs> I've never heard that. I'm so sorry. Like a toy, it's kind of like a toy truck, but these were kind of like large truck-like toys. And then they started calling me Aknot, 
And I was like, what, what is that? Like, what is that? They're very creative like, bullies. Yeah, they just tonker, they tonker, are. Back, tonker backwards. You must have gone to a really oh, posh school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it was Tonka backwards, and yeah, I did yeah. go to a smart school. But yeah, it was awful, actually. Yeah, it's horrible. You know, like, so yeah. traumatic. Yeah. yeah, at that age, it kind of... And then you ingrain... Those belief systems are ingrained. Totally. Mm. And it's quite hard to kind of rebuild your own narrative about your body image after you've gone through sort of bullying for, like, five years that you're chubby checker. Mm. How did you go through that? Like, how did you kind of... Uh, Still I went to a different it. school. Mm, I right. went to a different school, okay, really. safe school, uh, for and and I I became cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of went from a prep school to a stage right. school where I excelled and people wanted to be around me, mm. and it no longer became about kind of the shape of my hips. It became right. about my kind of soul and who I am. So yeah. I think, you know, obviously that 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 was then. That was that yeah. particular window. But you know, body image and negative body images kind of played a narrative in my whole life you know but you two I would say I would consider body positive activists and definitely like influencers how did you discover body positivity I well first of all I think my real body image issues started after I had children that's when my major thing happened because after I had children um I, I, you know, I've got fairly significant stretch marks on my stomach and my stomach has never been the same since. But I looked in the mirror and I really hated Mm. the reflection. And um, it was a real shock to me. This, you know, postpartum body was not something that I was expecting. I didn't didn't expect Mm. to hate it. And and I was almost like, that's it now. I'm like, done my I've got no value I've got no Mm. worth because who am I if I'm not attractive and so it was a real like massive um epiphany for me um when I hated myself so much and you know then I started to think about I've got two girls and I started to think but well fuck what if they look in the mirror and think exactly like me what would I be happy with that? Do I want to just continue on this path of self-hatred? Um, because undoubtedly, if I let that continue, it they're going to grow up with the same, you know, body hang-ups and issues. So it, I'm, I made a real massive effort to try and work on how I was thinking and to change the narrative and to just reclaim a bit of self-esteem really Mm. my confidence was at an all-time low and um I felt oh yeah I felt terrible I was really really down about it so um I started to read I started to read Mm. I started to look on social media and started to change how I was thinking um consciously it was quite a conscious effort yeah but it's been it's been wonderful the more you the more you look look it up, the more you research, the more, you know, really inspiring accounts. I hate that word, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, you know, you kind of, it just, by osmosis, happens yeah. naturally. And, it, and it's great. And it's just slowly been building up over the years. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, and I've kind of played out that journey on my social media. Mm. I definitely ha- haven't, you know, always been this confident and mm. I'm not at the, uh, you know, it's still, it's still, it's still an ongoing thing, but, um, I'm quite, I'm quite open about that. I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. standing there saying, oh my God, I'm amazing and my body's amazing and I love everything about me all the time. It goes up and it's, it goes up mm. and it goes down. But I think even that honesty is so helpful, like to know that, cause I think there is on social media, a t- like a tendency to put just the highlights and like mm. when you're feeling yourself and you're feeling good and it's like, no, everybody has those days. Like you're human. Obviously mm. you're going to be like, some days I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then there's so much pressure to feel like you're super confident all the time. Yeah. And no one does. I'm, I no. pretty much feel quite certain that no one feels like a hundred percent super confident all the time. And mm. I think there's, there is that reality around that. 
But I think what you said in terms of like the kind of feeling okay with your body until you had children mm. and then like that really changing and not expecting it. I also think that's like a common experience mm. for me to see that in kind of go one of two ways because sometimes women feel better in their bodies after having kids because they're like they can start appreciating their body for it. You know, they're like, oh my yeah. God, this is really, like, yeah. amazing gift. I mean, that would have been like, wonderful. I like, I'd just <laughs> given birth for God's sake. Yeah. But then it can go like completely the other way. And I think yeah. when we talk about mm. body image, we kind of go sh- beeline to like teenagers, right? We're like, oh, body image is like a teenage thing. Yeah. Like, you don't just suddenly Small. like switch off. Yeah. My intro to like yeah. body positivity came about without me even realising because I got kind of. Um, I auditioned for uh, to to join an agent called Ugly that kind of celebrate mm. different shapes and mm. sizes, and I joined those I like guys. I that agency. They're about great. they're fantastic. So props to Coxie and the team. But um, about ten years ago, I, I joined their books and uh, did a couple of jobs, and then they kind of phoned me and said, "We've got this shoot for New Woman magazine. It's an article about bottoms. Um, <laughs> would you feel confident to?" pose in the nude from behind because you've got a wonderful bottom Kelly <laughs> as one of our plus yes, size girls yes you have Kelly <laughs> but I, I, I never I wasn't sure about that term plus size girls like <clears throat> and he was like yeah yeah anything above a 12 is plus size and I kind of had to get my head around that mm. that that was an okay label anyway I did this shoot it was an all female crew mm. and I thought I'd been booked as the big bum right um but actually, you know, there was eight of us, all different shapes and sizes, and they'd done it really sensitively, and a really beautiful feminine touch to it. But it was back in the day in a magazine where it'd be like, in the corner, it'd be like, we asked these guys what they thought of these bottoms. <laughs> I was like, Clive thought Kelly's bottom was fantastic, really slappable. <laughs> I never get away with that. Yeah, actually, that was my first moment of like, seeing my form in print nude Mm. I just felt this sense of worth and beauty Mm. Mm -hmm. and also just a slight I'd made peace with myself by seeing it in that kind of raw form Mm -hmm. yeah and then he was like a week later Coxie phoned me up and went which is your new shoot we've got Quan in the supermarket? I was like, <laughs> I don't think so. Kelly, <laughs> how old are your kids? I've got one little girl who's three years old. And how did you feel, or how did pregnancy and then like being a mum influence how you felt about your body? Uh, being pregnant, I really enjoyed. Yeah. I felt extremely privileged to be carrying a little soul. And mm. as my body kind of changed, I felt incredible I felt so feminine I felt so powerful and you get these sort of fantastic boobs that appear (laughs) and you get a line on your tummy that kind of is this I don't know what it's called Lilia Negra Lilia Negra ex-midwife now Uh, uh, yeah so my body felt a real sort of celebration of womanhood Mm -hmm. and actually um yeah I rocked it I just it was a it was a wonderful thing post Post having a baby, um, I've always prided myself on never failing the pencil test where you put a pencil under your boob and it will just drop out, right? Always a sign of Have you heard lovely... about that? No. Lovely. That was a no, big like... thing when we were kids, but you shouldn't be telling her that <laughs> because it doesn't, it doesn't. No, no, no. I what never is get it? What six is it? months after birth. I, I right, so had, you're like, supposed to put a pencil under, under your breast and. If it falls out, then you've got perky tits. Yes. If it doesn't fall out, you oh haven't my got. God, that's but, so toxic. But we're just uh, yeah. But we're just giving you more shit no. to think about. Oh no. But I was just yeah. Anyway, so six months after birth, and I'm in bed with my husband, and I put the pencil under my boob, and it drops out, and I'm like winning. And Were you then... lying down at the time. Shots have been fired. So then. Under my C-section scar slash tummy, and it stayed there. And he went, "Don't worry, I'll make a cup of tea." (laughs) Because you know, and actually, your body does change, especially if you have C-section. You know, that's your muscles being cut, and if you've got a, you know, prone to a bit of a belly anyway. So, and I never forget my father saying, and I hope he doesn't listen to it. Nobody likes a pelmet, Kelly, with the idea of this kind of like overhang. So. yeah, mm. that 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 is something you need to get your head around. That actually, you're you know, as Nat said, your mm. body doesn't 
go back to what it was. I mean, some people can. Like, but the problem is, is that we just don't see postnatal bodies no. in the media. So I was very shocked at how it changed. And even though I was a midwife beforehand, you still, mm. you know, I, I only I dealt with the babies coming out. I didn't really, you know, mm. do the aftercare so much. Um, but yeah, you don't see stretch. You didn't see stretch mm. marks. You didn't see cellulite. You didn't, you didn't see any of that sort of stuff in images, mm. which is why I think social media has been so fucking powerful mm. because it's just, you know, it's just opened up the field so much and we can now show things that we want to see and we are seeing well, because them. because growing up specifically in the early 2000s, there was all of that kind of, oh my God, look, she's got her baby body back and like that, yeah. the, all that bounce back culture, mm, which is yeah. so damaging because it's like, yeah. you have just created a human being in your womb, like mm. for nine, really? period, for nine months. Exactly. It's like, mm. what, what are you trying to bounce? I mean, like, no, you've just done something incredible. You shouldn't have to be like, and now also I'm fuckable again. Like, enjoy. Like, exactly. it's, like, it's, yeah, yeah. it's such a damaging mm. um, ideology. But I mean, as a midwife, did that kind of, like you were saying, it kind of didn't really come up, that aftercare element. But how did it kind of affect you personally? Kind of, having it yourself dealing with it and knowing that that's not kind of something that's educated if, if that makes sense you know like people aren't educated on we don't talk about it no. and yeah um there's a lot there's a lot that we need to sort of you know i don't think the conversation actually is outed i think you know you've got ambassadors like nat who are starting to out the conversation yeah. showing incredible pictures of of tummies post babies you know yeah that, you know Nat's got older children now, but you know, just to show that, like, your body is still affected ten years on. Yeah, and I even think... cesarean section scars. Cesarean I remember, scars. I remember showing a picture of my cesarean section scar, and it was like, oh my god, I've never seen that. That, mm. that was a few years ago now. I've never seen a cesarean section scar on, on, you know, an image before. And women were like, yes, please, I mm. want to see it. I want to see women who do look like me because actually you know there's a lot of us out there so mm. let's just show it yeah. and it normalizes the conversation mm. around what is actually achievable what's possible what is real and i think the problem yeah. is that we've been flooded with unattainable imagery mm. which makes which causes depression anxiety mm. these self-worth issues and there's a real concern for the younger generation in terms of you know, even the fitness videos that are being posted on Instagram that are causing this kind of culture of that's totally unattainable. Mm. So a couple of my friends have recently started having are like having kids, mm -hmm. having babies. So what advice would you give to someone who has just had a baby in terms of like be like, oh how do I kind of fast track to the acceptance piece? I mean, fast track in itself is no. like going to be a real difficult one. I think it's just really important not to put that pressure on yourself, no, that's so true. That's you so know, because it's really, and also if you are feeling a bit down, like often people feel down for feeling down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It becomes yeah. like you such a, yeah, it. you're like, oh, I wish I felt better about myself, but no, like just, just. You just need to take all that pressure off. You you probably are going to feel a bit yeah. shitty afterwards, oh, yeah. but you've got to let that play out, let that journey play out. And, and yeah, surround yourself with images or good people around you that don't make you feel shit about yourself. Yeah. There's a lot of... A lot, a lot of us have damaging, you know, family and friends who who often say really hurtful things. And I think it's really important to protect yourself and your mental health, especially after you've had a baby, because you are so particularly vulnerable. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you, you yeah. need to take a bit of self-care and control back. I'd also say your baby has been in your tummy for nine to 10 months. Don't start embracing radical fitness and health regimes yeah. until maybe nine months after your baby yeah. is born. Think about that time, the same time as your baby has been inside. Think about that crucial... I don't think you should even no, think I just think, do that, No, I really. just think take your time. Actually, there is no rush. You're never going to get that time back with your little person. Yeah. 
and, and, and surround yourself, as Nat says, with positive people, nourishing food, lots of fresh air, all the basic things yeah. to look after yourself. It is self-care. After birth, yeah. batten down the hatches, do everything you need to keep healthy mm-hmm. and happy. And if things aren't fueling anything positive, shut it down. Because actually your baby is far more important than anything negative. Yeah. No, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the kind of... I think I feel pressure as I do body image research. Mm. Like, I, no, I don't want to see my friends struggle. So I'm like, okay, we need to do this, guys. Like, mm. like, let's, like no, 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 no. Come on, come on. Like, you don't need to do all this dieting like, to get back into yeah, this. Yeah, just like, take your time. Whatever size jeans. Um, and yeah, just to... There's and, still and a lot of and, that. Yeah, yeah. And, but it, and it's hard and I hate to see it. And I'm like, ah, come on, I just want to... You want to wrap it. them up and protect I want, yeah, them, yeah. I want to undo it, but yeah. but I think there is something of like acknowledging, like yeah, you know, don't feel great right now, but you know, yeah, that's okay, yeah. and it's and, yeah. it, and it's you know quite normal to feel yeah. like that. So don't don't think that you need to, you know, be all out there and and confident and bubbly yeah. and you know, you do as you say, batten down the hatches mm. and just yeah. Yeah. protect your heart, protect yeah. your body. Um, so this is kind of now we've we've discussed the pregnancy. Let's talk a bit about raising mm. your little cherubs in such a terrifying society. I'm not sure I call mine cherubs. Little <laughs> 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 yeah, humans. Um, I mean, like, look, we, you know, we've spoken about diet culture in the 80s and we've spoken about, you know, 90s, early 2000s. It was far from perfect. Things are a lot better now and we have come a long way. But, you know, what were some of your concerns of, like, you know, raising you've you've all got daughters haven't you yeah mm. so I've got two yeah was that something that kind of crossed your mind I'm sure it was but mm. I'd love to hear your take on it yeah I mean that was definitely a catalyst for me trying to work on my own sort of body mm. image so yeah um it's really difficult though because it it honestly feels like I'm fighting fires often mm. yeah because I'm trying to promote this real positive um, image, positive mental, you know, I don't know what to say, how to say it, but positive body image at home. Mm. There's no scales, um, mm. for example. My, I mean, my mum was on scales every single day and, and so was I for quite a long time. But um, as soon as I had the children, actually, I got rid of my scales. Um, mm. And, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of damaging... Um, stuff that they're hearing out there and I you know there's just little things that you pick up on like I remember one of my little girls going mummy I'm I'm just really scared you need to get down the gym a little bit more because I'm really scared that you're going to get bigger and I'm like oh, what, wow what, what the fuck where are you hearing that yeah um and just little things and and, and also my eldest daughter who's nine I notice sucking in her stomach when she's yeah. when when having a photo okay. and it's just you know things that they pick up from their peers from I I know the whole gym comment was from a play date that she had and the parents are particularly sort of I don't know I don't know what <laughs> not to our say. favorites <laughs> well I like them but they've, they've got some particularly damaging sort of messages yeah um that I don't really want her to be picking up on sure so but you can't wrap them up in cotton wool, yeah. can you? You can't protect them from all of it. And so it's just about having really open and honest conversations and just going, you know, I noticed you did this. Do you want to chat about it? What, where are you hearing it from? Mm. Tell me about your friends. There's, I'm talking to her a lot about her friends because um, the eldest one has definitely said that some of her friends have some really dark thoughts especially about their bodies and how they and feel nine. yeah and then but no yeah that, i've heard recently about mm. nine ten year olds using instagram being allowed their social media window and then there's this robot or, or it, while they're doing gameplay there's this kind of negative robot that will come out and kind of say you mustn't eat for the next week this, this oh, what? Really? yeah and uh, or like you know you you know you're disgusting you're ugly a robot it's kind of like it's come it's like a 
a character that comes up during games and it's a it's been what? hacked for oh, young I've heard about that what? It, I'm not, mm. but it's still you know mm. very scary mm. very scary and even if like a nine year old or a ten year old who has a vast imagination sees something like that once or twice I think you have to counter any negative media mm. messages as much as possible and obviously the language has to be kind of as Nat said really honest but kind of you're leading by example, you're setting the best example mm. you can. And I, you know, for me, I wish like when I was growing up, there was a kind of promotion of physical activity um, mm. and ev- any kind of like positive behavior related to food or exercise or body was totally celebrated. And I think that would have really assisted me mm. with my um, body issues growing up for sure. Yeah, and I think having like the exercise and, and food conversations that have nothing to do with weight. Yeah. You know, like, they, yeah. Neither need to. Neither. No. Like, we don't need to talk about... But there's, um, there's a study that they're doing with all primary school children mm-hmm. and they're weighing them, they're measuring them oh and they're also categorising them and they mm. are telling you whether your child is overweight mm. or... No. You know, yeah. So, but you have to give consent for it. So I was like... Hell fucking no. no. But also, I mean, I think, I mean, I think the correlation between being heavier and being unhealthy is actually kind of made up. Yeah. Like, being larger doesn't necessarily mean you're you're dying. I mean, like, I always make this comparison of, you know, I'm not that healthy at the moment, but I used to go to a spin class once a week, and I'm a size 18, whereas my housemate lives on tinned spaghetti mm. and is a size six so i mean and you can put us side by side anyone would say she's the healthy one but yeah, that's not that, the truth that's so true yeah it also frustrates me when people say oh she you know she's really she's really slim she's really pretty and oh. that that gets used quite a lot oh she's you know she's very pretty she's really slim and i always think like i've always throughout my life gone does that make her pretty like because mm. for me yeah. like beauty is every shape and size but yeah I totally get what you mean about health I never forget someone saying to me oh uh, we were doing an outward bounds orienteering trip yeah and they said oh you probably don't enjoy this do you I was mm. like what do you mean <laughs> but, or you know it's kind of all this fitness activity and then like and then I literally like every year afterwards I was like run a marathon in five and a half hours fuck you yeah climb Ben Nevers mm. fuck you mm. like literally not not but actually not fuck you but actually it actually became this journey of self yeah. worth and discovery through fitness and how incredible that is for one's own mental health as well yeah yeah definitely and I think the whole thing with like the weight shaming thing then it it just ties it like it's that's yeah. more toxic than anything that's I've, like that's quite, more toxic I remember having anything. one of my first ever panic attacks in a science class where the teacher was like right everybody get up on uh, the scales we're mm. gonna say you'll write your weight on the board I literally oh. had a panic attack on the spot because I was that's you know horrible. the biggest person in the class that's awful oh tr- trauma like truly like you know I'm I would be fine about it now, but actually, no, I wouldn't. No, like, I don't. Not, I don't even like, know what I weigh. Ne- it's not necessary. It's not necessary. And yeah, because I was like, what of education we, yeah. And they mm. were talking about education policy and what we should do in terms of like body image. Yeah, it's like there are simple things we can do. We do not need to weigh our kids no, in school. Like no, we, no. we just don't need to do it. Like what is it going to tell us? Nothing. If we really care about kids' health, there are so many other measures we can use. Yeah. If we want to like track health. Well, to me, it feels like a kind of tool of, like, public shaming. Like, I also kind of feel like that about the bleep test and Mm. things like that, where you're like, you're actually just trying to single out people who, and make them feel Mm. worse about themselves. And it's also, it's quick and easy, it's a quick and easy way to, like, capture data, right? Like, it's just one thing, you're like, okay, good, done. Let's tick that box. And now we can, like, measure data. So, like, in some ways, Mm. with a different hat on, like, I can understand why, like, policymakers want to do it, because they Mm. can be like, oh, this is what we're doing, guys, and we're going to do this intervention, and we're going to show from A to B, we're going to go from, like, A to B, and this is the result, this is the result, exactly. But Mm. I think, actually, if if there's a little bit more thought, maybe a bit more, like, time and investment kind of going into that, how can we do that without the shaming, without the, and because it, like the body image concerns, I think we, I think we, we always privilege the physical health aspect. Yeah. Right, don't we? And then it's like, what about the, like, what about the trauma we're putting Yeah. What through? about mental health? I mean, mental health issues mm. at the moment among young people is so huge. Mm. And body image is a major factor in that. And I know that research 
shows that if you see lots of different types of body image, you have a better um, feeling about your own body. Mm -hmm. So that's what we need to be seeing. We need to be seeing lots of different types of bodies in the media because, you know, that's normal and that's and that's what what is out there we need to reflect Mm. what's out there in society well I mean I remember reading Shrill Lindy West book and she worked about how that was one of the main reasons she learned to love and accept her body was by retraining her brain looking at plus size activists looking at like more diverse models it completely retrains your brain and you're like oh I am okay I'm attractive because we've been shown such a narrow beauty standard for so long it's like no we need to just like I mean, if you were fed only one type of food for your whole life, obviously you'd think that's the only food you can eat. And yeah. then it's like, no, 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 guys. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. have avocados. You can have raisins. You can have whatever you want. I don't know why those were the two foods <laughs> I thought of. <laughs> it is happening, though, isn't it? Brands yeah. are listening. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, it's interesting, like, there's a Great Britain show in the first chapter where she's talking about, like, as a child. I mean, I think, is she an 80s baby? in America mm. and with Nindy West and she was like as a fat child who do I have to aspire to and then she's like Ursula the Sea Witch fat the characters are the villains um, yeah yeah we'll try being brown or black well, and fat yeah. I mean you're exactly. yeah. doubly there's no one like, yeah, or, I, or you are a villain yeah yeah and like so what like what do you have in books and like what well, I remember when I turned and... about 16 I had a real moment where I was like Ursula the Sea Witch is my icon. And it was kind of like, it was my first act of like protest where I was like, no, no, no. You've all tried to paint this character as a villain. I'm going to be her for Halloween and be like, no, no, she's a sex symbol. She's a a body positive icon. Like she's got, you know, don't underestimate the importance of body language. I was like, she runs a small business. Look, her ethics aren't great, but in this economy, we're all struggling. She's powerful. I think it'd be great to have like protagonists in kids' books that are that are more diverse because again we were talking about like the media and like and and brands and things and I think brands are listening to influencers now and that's kind of there's a bit of crossover there but yeah. like what we what do we have in kids books like what's Disney doing like you know like there's all of those things yeah. but like if we're talking about kids right like if we're talking about like but Moana the recent yeah. Disney film yeah. she's got a real body and but she's so cute she's got a real body so I think there is a movement I think it's happening and I think that is also partnered with a movement in diversity as well. But well, it's slow. It's it's a slow movement, but there is definitely. It feels like you are seeing more diverse models, shapes, sizes, and colours, abilities, in, yeah. abilities slowly yeah. in campaigns. Yeah. And in, and Moana is a prime example of that too. I know we do have a very long way to go, but yeah. it is good to kind of take a moment and be like, you know, we've come a long way. Mm. What's something you two do to kind of give your children that like? bit of representation like is there you know were there books you gravitated towards or films that you were like I've got to show my child this so they're like don't feel like um shit. yeah I'm very careful about uh what books we do read more so for me really in terms of um color and yeah. making sure that um I show them yeah that not every Disney character has to be white and mm. and you know I read Tabitha a range of books uh, called Little People Big Dreams, which celebrate oh, yeah, I love those. fantastic pioneering women from Ada Lovelace to Coco Chanel, and um, she's now obsessed with Marie Curie. It's That's amazing, old. isn't it? So That's she's incredible. giving all her Teddy's cold compresses, and, <laughs> but actually these are really wonderful narratives about women, quite often that started with nothing and ended up changing the world. So. That's those are things that I think are important to have around the house, kind of stories of success, um, but also just also of colour, of different of different just people who are different. I think lots of like my my kids will look through some of my magazines sometimes and go, Mum, look, there's a black girl in the magazine. And I'm like, Yes, I know. Yeah. Isn't it fantastic? So we're we're the conversation is always like we're talking about it a lot. Um and not just with colour, with everything. Mm. They notice things a lot more so because I'm pointing them out. Mm. Um and it's just about keeping that conversation going really. Um and role modelling, you've just, yeah. you know, that I think the biggest, most impactful thing you can ever do is just to role model to your children mm. how, mm. how, how, what terminology you use, how you go around, um, you know, and I'm really careful not to 
use sort of self-deprecating words mm. in front of them. Mm. I would never talk about myself in, a, especially my body, in a in a horrible way. I mm. think because otherwise they're just going to do exactly the yeah. same. Also, calling foods naughty. You know, yeah. like actually, yeah. oh, that's a bit naughty. Like that was something that I would have always said before yeah. Tabitha arrived. But actually, now I'll be like, oh yeah, mummy's going to have a mummy's going to have a treat, a piece of chocolate. Um, I'm going to really enjoy and it's super delicious but not give like negative words to food because I think that then starts a whole other thing actually negative language surrounding food um well, could, you know, if you tie up morality with food, you know, like, that's a good food, that's a bad food, you're like, well, if I eat that, am I a bad person? I mean, it's, yeah. you're already dealing yeah. with enough. The last thing you need is, yeah. like, that kind of moral breakdown. <laughs> no. Yeah. Sorry to buy a piece of cake. I'm also really into letting her celebrate who she wants to be at grassroots level. So she goes into her wardrobe, she'll choose a dress with a tiara, you know, with tights that totally don't match, but I will <laughs> let her do that. And yeah. for me, that's the beginnings of... Yeah allowing her to be who she wants to be and That's I think so there's beautiful. something really yeah, important yeah, so with that. I was gonna ask her what do you both do for yourselves as mums to feel good about? Um, well, I've started getting into dancing recently. Yeah, I've loved that coverage on social media. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the content that we It's need. like my favourite thing yeah. in the whole world. Yeah. Um, and also, what I love about it, well, not just the fact that there's loads of other semi-naked women around me, which I mm. adore. We There's loads of different women there as well, mm. and lots of different sizes. Yeah. And, and everyone is made to feel really sexy and like... Yeah, and enjoy yourself. Mm. There's a really big mirror um, in, which sounds terrifying, because like when I first started dancing and looking in the mirror, I was just like, oh my god, this is cringy. <laughs> like I look like a mum dancing, and I don't want to look like a mum dancing. <laughs> but slowly, slowly, I'm getting better. And I can look in the mirror at myself and I can look at the semi-naked other women wearing crop tops of all different sizes yeah. and colours and it's just really good. And you started come. quite recently as well, right? Like in the last um, couple of years. Like, I, yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. I start, uh, I don't know if I've, yeah, maybe one or two years. Yeah, yeah but it's really good. So and now I'm thing, addicted. With, with things like with dancing people, like, oh, you know, I didn't do it as a kid. Like, oh, I just, oh, it feels like very oh, yeah. intimidating, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, I dabbled, as, you know, yeah. in it, as a kid. You know, yeah, you're those, we all do, like, you, you start things yeah, yeah. and then you're like, oh, mum, that's boring. I don't want to <laughs> yeah, do that yeah. anymore. Yeah, no, didn't really yeah. do it. What about you? What do you do? Fitness for me is crucial because I also have autoimmune diseases of Crohn's and Pyodemic agonosum. So for me, that's really important, like fitness, just to keep my uh, inflammation markers right. low. Mm. Um, but I also make sure I've got like wonderful things in my home to keep me healthy. So mm. I have a lovely Nutribullet. I, you know, I, I steam vegetables, and I, you know, I keep a nice, healthy kind of ish balanced lifestyle. And I think it's about kind of giving yourself the kindly tools you need to be the best person you can be, especially as a mum, mm. you know, like actually, yeah, take that two minutes after the bath and smother your body in that glorious oh, body hero, yeah. Glossier, and, make, <laughs> oh, and celebrate your one. body, or like buy some gorgeous lingerie, throw away those granny bashers. And you know, oh, what? <laughs> I, yeah, love no, no, I love a big knicker. No, you can have a sexy no, big knicker. I'm just saying the graying, fraying ones, they've got to go in the bin. Why? You know, celebrate your body. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> treat, treat yourself, drink enough water. I mean, it's basic yeah. stuff. Sometimes as a mum on the go working, I sometimes forget to drink water. And like, hang on a minute, Kelly. Yeah. Basic. And actually, I had a complete mm. reset last year because I was significantly sick and I it really made me start from the bottom back up it's like Mm -hmm. water nutrition if I'm like off to do a comedy Mm. gig I'm like I will be 15 minutes late because I'm gonna have a Leon box and take 10 minutes to read my notes you know Mm -hmm. yeah self-care is at the cornerstone of healthy body image looking after your children properly and being the best person you can be I couldn't agree more so before we wrap up I want to ask, what is one thing that you find inspiring about the other person here? Like, Kelly, what do you love about Natalie? Natalie, what do you love about Kelly? Ooh, good question. I, Shall I go first? I'll go, go. Oh, go, go, go. Oh, 
I mean, obviously, she's very funny. She's hilarious. And she's got a really, really kind heart, which is the loveliest thing about her. Oh. <laughs> Hard to follow that, I have to say. <laughs> I mean, I've got a great ass. Yeah, it has. <laughs> uh, Natalie's just really lounged back. I know. Ready, ready. I'm like, bring many... it, bring it, bitch. <laughs> come on, up that, top that, come on. Oh. Um, there are many things I admire and love about Natalie. Um, I'd say, you know, with relation to what we've been talking about in this show, I think Nat has led a path for many women to truly love themselves and I think that is incredibly powerful and mm. you've sent a ricochet of self-worth and love out to more people than you even realise and yeah that was a good one that's really beautiful <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to have a little cry true story well that's so lovely no, it's true yeah, and, actually, and it's something I'm most proud of. So yeah, good. And I think sometimes maybe you don't always realise when you're, mm. you know, you're on the squares mm. or whatever or out. So it's important to say the word. I mean, actually, like sometimes I get some really lovely messages, and I I often quote this one. Cause nice some... tears. <laughs> 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 nice tears. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I often quote this because it's one that's just really stuck in my head and it was just so simple. But um, it was actually an email, but a woman said to me that she hasn't worn a pair of shorts for 10 years. And she said she saw some of the beautiful images from the Warrior Woman project that I did, which was basically getting everyone to strip and to have beautiful photos taken. And she said she wore um, a pair of shorts in the summer and it felt so wonderful and so freeing. And it was just the loveliest thing in the whole world. And I'm like, man, we all need to wear those that's shorts. Just about. wear the fucking shorts. Oh, God, that's the so world, <laughs> The world is going to keep spinning. No one's going to mm, die if shorts. you wear the shorts. Yes. Wear the shorts. Yeah. Oh, what a moment to end on. I yeah, that's, that's perfect. Um, that's a ball of joy. Well... My sweet angels, where can we find you on social media? So I'm Style Me Sunday everywhere. Yeah, just just hit me up. Wonderful. <laughs> and, um, no, don't send dick pics. Like, no dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> Book of Mum on Instagram and on the Twitter, Kelly Maxine Ford, but Book of Mum too. Yeah. And Kelly would love dick pics, so. <laughs> no, don't send dick pics. Um, Thanks, though, thank for the offer. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like my dick pic? Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming thank to you. talk to yeah. us. Um, that's been fun. We love you it's both really very fun. much. Thank you. And, uh, thank you. Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for listening to the Body Protest podcast, brought to you by The Pink Protest. We would love it if you left us a review and some stars, preferably five, on Apple Podcasts. Preferably. <laughs> <laughs> it will help other people find our podcast and join our Body Protest family. Honey, where can we find you on social? Well, I'm on Instagram <laughs> at honeykinney, and you should also follow the Pink Protest at Pink Protest. Nadia, where can we find you? I'm at nadia.quadic on Instagram, and you can also listen to my little work podcast, Appearance Matters the Podcast, where Jay Ponell and I talk about the body image research with some of the experts in the field. Uh, this podcast was brought to you by the Pink Protest and produced by the wonderful Scarlett Curtis. We love you, Scarlett, and thanks to our editor, Shola. <laughs>